Lord, we thank you for our time of worship so far, and, and I really love the lyrics of that song, This Is My Story, This Is My Song, and Lord, this morning we really do celebrate your story, the story of how you brought uh, this fellowship, this church, this local body of believers together, and what uh, you have done in that story. And Lord, now uh, we celebrate this morning what we believe you're going to do as we turn the page and look with uh, great expectation, great confidence, great joy about uh, the story that is yet to be written uh, in this fellowship and in this valley as the gospel of Jesus Christ goes forth uh, through all the churches. And so, Lord, thank you for the story that we can each tell of what our journey with Jesus is meant to us and done in transformation. So we love you, Lord, and now uh, lead and guide the rest of our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. I am going to stay down here this morning. A little bit different just because we're going to be using the slides in a bit. And... Um, don't want to be jumping up there. Shiloh, are we on? Are we being recorded already? Okay. Uh, for those who couldn't be here, uh, just a little shout out to you. We're going to be showing a bunch of slides, and uh, we're going to Shiloh, if you wouldn't mind, we're going to get these slides up on the website. So if you're listening and you're like, man, I wish I could have been there. I wish I could have seen it. We're going to get these slides up so you can um, look at what we've been talking about this morning together. Uh, I know many of you are excited and enthused, and so are we. And, uh, you know, how many of you have already uh, taken a trip over to 1290 Grand? Yes. Uh, And we appreciate your patience. You know, we we announced a while back that we had entered into escrow, and you waited very patiently, and we just announced that escrow had closed, and now it's now what? Now what? Right? And and we, we genuinely are enthused with you and genuinely... Um, are excited for the next step. Uh, This morning we want to spend as much time as needed to really, as a church, uh, really get a unified picture, direction of of what God has done, what He is doing, and what we leave where we're going. Um, In your notes there, you know, it says, I will build my church. Matthew 16, 18 says, And I tell you that you are Peter. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you that you are Peter... And on this rock, I will build my church, right? And if you've been with us for six and a half years, from day one, we recognize that this was his church, right? Carl lovingly gave me a mug that said Richie's church, but, you know, uh, it's not. And this morning, we start with the very simple truth that Jesus is going to build his church. And the church is made up of all the believers around the world. Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship is one part of the church universal, okay? And, and we just have to very, be very important as we move forward. Uh, in Bible study, you'll hear Bill share or myself, what's really important, one of the key principles of Bible study, Bible interpretation, is context, right? You've you, you got to study a, a, a verse, you've got to study a passage in the context of the book and the passage to, to really get its true meaning. Well, in order to, to I believe stay unified and focused and in moving forward, it's really important for us to understand uh, that building at 1290 in context. 
just it's, it's really important because otherwise you can get so caught up very quickly into tangents and, and, and distractions and, and flare-ups if we don't keep the context correct and if we don't keep the main things the main things. Amen? Right? So it's His church. He's building it. Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship is just part of the church universal. We're not the biggest, baddest anything. We don't have a monopoly on anything. Our way isn't the right way, the only way, the best way. Our way is just a way. And in God's sovereignty, He brought you and me together in our collection of gifts, in our collection of experiences, and, and He's molding it and shaping it. There's no way. Even this worship team. How many of you are blessed by this worship team? Right? Yeah. There's no way. We didn't, we didn't go out and hire them. God brought them for His purpose. For His purpose. I've been in big churches. I've served in those mega churches in San Diego. And I've told them repeatedly, I would put this worship, church, this worship team up in any size church. That's how good they are. That's how, blessed, how much of a blessing they are. We get to enjoy them every Sunday. But that's part of God's plan. He's bringing the people, the resources. He's brought it for six, six and a half years, all to be used ultimately for His purposes. Ultimately for His purposes. What is His purpose, right? Uh, ultimately, we saw before the Great Commission. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So, it's his church. And he says, hey, church, here's your commission. Go do this. Go make disciples. So, you have to understand, even the context, every Sunday, every Wednesday, every calligraphy class, every men's retreat, every potluck, Ultimately, in our mind, in our purpose, is very intentional to making disciples. Everything we do, you sitting here is not just a random service because we have to. Our desire is that you're sitting here as part of us helping you become disciples. That's what Sunday is about. So it all fits into the big picture. And I love this. Sometimes, you know, if, if you don't get out of Ojai much and you start to think this is all there is and... You know, it's a matter of perspective. I wanted to start with this to kind of shake your perspective. It's a worldwide commission given to all the church. We're just part of that, right? That little dot right there, right? Right? Why do we do that, right? You can leave that up, Shiloh. Ultimately, we saw this summer, it's for God's glory, right? Turn to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. We saw that in Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was addressing division within the Corinthian church. Some people were getting personality driven. Hey, I like Bill better than Richie. Hey, I like Richie better than Bill. I'd rather go to Wednesday than Sunday. I'd rather go to Sunday than Wednesday, basically. But that was Paul and Apollos. That's what's happening. There was division in the church. But look what he says in verse 5, 1 Corinthians 3, 5. It says, what, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, 
Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Amen? Context. We're, it's not about personality. It's not about any. It's just about God who makes it grow. So if someone comes up here and is teaching the word of God, all glory to God, because it's his word being taught through his spirit and this, the vessel just might be different. But don't, we don't get hung up on personalities. It, it's very easy. A lot of churches can be built around a strong personality. All right? Even inadvertently that can happen. Okay? So, hey, it's all about God. It's all about God, right? You don't have to turn there. 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Right? Matthew 5.14, uh, 5.16, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Everything we do as a church, everything you and I do as believers is ultimately for His glory. To bring Him, to bring him praise. That, that's the context, right? Turn to Acts 1.8. You're going to go back left in your Bibles. Acts 1.8. Right? This is before Jesus is taken up into heaven. He says this to his his, uh, followers. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right? So it's his, his church, his commission for his glory in his power. Are we catching a common theme here? <laughs> this, we, we, we have to, this, is what, this is what keeps us rooted and grounded. Right? We will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. In Ephesians 4, it says he gave some to be apostles, prophets. He gives all the giftings to the church for the sake of the church. Right? And then ultimately, one of our favorite verses, Second Peter, right? It says we've been given everything we need for life and godliness. It's his provision. Right? So in your notes there, we've got to remember, it's his church, his commission, for his glory, according to his power and provision. Amen? If we stay there... We're going to be, we'll be pretty, pretty, pretty stable. We're going to be pretty, pretty solid as we move forward, right? So, having said that, go ahead, Shai. God, at a certain point, called Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship into existence with this great commission. And this is a picture, a satellite. There's Casita Springs all the way to the east end. And our, our heart as a church has been the valley, we do missions and everything, right? But it's in the valley, right? And if you're new here, I wanted just to give you context of, of where we've been. Our mission statement is we are committed to glorifying God. You see it there in notes as we make disciples of Jesus Christ by loving God, loving the church, and loving our community and the world, right? So a little journey back in time, 2010, the home of Cindy Swallows. We started actually... Right before 2010, Christmas of 29, 2009, I had just left community. We had heard that some people, many of you, were not plugged in anywhere. God put a burden on my heart not to start a church, just to get some brothers and sisters together that we had a heart for that weren't plugged in. So we said, hey, let's have a Bible study. Cindy, can we have a Bible study at your house Saturday night? Sure. First night we had like 10 or 12 or 13. And then the rest, they say, is history, because then it became 
Then it became dark. And, <laughs> and then we started having uh, more and more people show up. And we filled her back room. Uh, hang in there. It's all right. Right there. So that's her, what do you call it, your den, game room. So we started having to bring in um, chairs. What? Okay, well, not unexpected. Do you need to reboot? Why don't you reboot the computer? We'll, we'll, we'll move on. You good? Okay. So, while she does that, we start at Cindy's. Word spread. We start bringing in green plastic chairs and white plastic chairs and sitting on stools. And it doesn't matter because whenever anyone shows up, everyone is just so happy to see them. And we worship with a guitar and then we eat. And the kids are running around. There's a bonfire. There's kids running around in the backyard. And uh, after a bit of a time, um, it's just a full house. And I'm like, Lord, what are you doing? What are you, what are you really doing? This, this is not anything that we even expected. Um, and uh, after a while, I, 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 I sensed the Lord, was, okay, maybe we're supposed to start a church. And, and I needed counsel. And I went to some pastors in the valley and some other uh, trusted believers and said, this is what I think God's calling me to do. I, 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 you know, I, I need your counsel. Be very honest with me. Do we, you know, do we need another church? And unanimously, they said, no, do it. Pursue it. And so, um, you know, came knocking on his door and his door, and they're like, what? And um, you want a what? And, and God put it on their heart to come alongside. And um, so we were there, and then we moved here in February of 2010 and we stayed on Saturday nights. And Saturday nights, I was told by long-time people in ministry in the Ohio Valley, Saturday nights, not going to work. That's why no, no other church has Saturday night service. It doesn't work in the Ohio Valley. People don't come out. Well, they were coming out on the cul-de-sac and so we said, no, let's just stay Saturday night. We got 30 plus coming to a house and, and by golly, we came here. Pastor Lynn was so gracious, opened up, um, and we began renting from the Wesleyan Church on Saturday nights, and you guys hung in there. It was awesome. You guys were faithful. There it is, right there. First Saturday night service. Uh, just a wonderful time of rejoicing. Is it moving on its own again? Um, and this is when we were in the old, in the other side of the fellowship hall, and just wonderful season on Saturday nights. And you guys hung in there, man. It, it's tough. Long Saturdays. How many of you remember the long Saturdays? How many couldn't even imagine coming here on a Saturday right now? Like, no way. Can you believe we used to do that? That's crazy. So, but we did that. And then God put it on our hearts as, as, as shepherds. Say, maybe it's time for Sundays. And we're like, rope, rope. What are we going to do Sunday? Because the Wesleyan Church was here mid-morning. And so the last thing I ever thought would be we would be here on a Sunday. So we actually went out. We, 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 this has been a years-long process, just so you know. This is not a, we've been waiting and praying and seeking the Lord for a place on Sundays for many, many years. And in that process, when, especially when we felt like it was time to go to Sundays, we did explore other facilities. 
Um, you know, we did take a walk around uh, the Four Square Church, the Live Oak is. We took a walk at the old theater right here across from Java Joe. Um, we even took a walk at Community recently. Yeah. Um, and we're just waiting, just waiting, waiting, waiting. And lo and behold, none of it was timing. None of it was right. And Pastor Lynn, is it just moving on its own? <laughs> Pastor Lynn, I approach him and he says, no, we'll, we'll move our service time. I'm like, what? That's like unheard of. That's like the holy grail. Of like, you set a service time to move it for another church to come in? Absolutely. God's grace on us again. And so uh, that is why we are so appreciative, and I encourage you to please always be appreciative to Pastor Lynn and Westland Church. They have graciously thrown the doors open um, to you, to you, to us. So we're here, um, coming up on three years now, right? Uh, go ahead, Shai. And yeah, you can see what's been happening here. And um, you all love to eat. And uh, just just celebrating, celebrating growth, celebrating what God's doing, celebrating families, laughter, right? This was a pancake breakfast, right? With, what is that? That in your hand. Oh, I thought it was like your anchovy. Gravy and anchovies. There, so if you ever want a gravy and anchovy pancake, see Bill. Um, so we, we've been here. All the while, praying about, Lord, is there ever going to be a time when, when we would move? Always celebrating that we're fine. Not complacent we're fine, but oftentimes the leadership, we would say, you know what, but God's moving right now. Things are good, Things, right? We're, right? We're, we're fine. And that's always a tension as a church and even in our own spiritual life to get to fine. Because you can go from celebrating what God is doing in the moment to becoming complacent and apathetic. Because I'm fine. And once you are pursuing godliness and holiness, now you're just good and moral. Because you're fine. Right? And so we, we've always like, Lord, show us, show us, show us. Um, and a facility did open. Right? The facility over at um, 1290 Grand. And... Go ahead, Chai. This is an aerial shot it's at the top there. Lo and behold, it's the same Great Commission for that facility. Nothing changes as far as the Great Commission is concerned. Amen? Same Great Commission, same valley, same world. Just another facility to pursue God's vision for this unique body of believers. This unique body of believers and the vision that God has put on our heart for the future. Because, believe it or not, you and I aren't going to be here forever. There's going to be a time when we're going to be, Lord willing, home in heaven. I, I see this as an opportunity for us here in our stewardship and in our commitment to the Lord to leave a legacy. To leave a legacy for the kingdom of God that will far outlast us that will impact generations to come in the Ojai Valley. That, that, that lights my fire. It's not just about us. It's there, in, in, Sunday, in, the, in, the Sunday, in our summer series, 
um, we did a series on journey through the wilderness. And while we were walking through the wilderness, the, the, the guide on the video came to this tree. And it was called a tamarisk tree. He said, this tamarisk tree has to be planted and cultivated. But the people who plant the tamarisk tree don't do it for themselves. They do it so that in generations to come, that generation will have shade. The tamarisk tree is about a legacy. It's about planting a tree for the generations to come. So as we celebrate what we believe God is going to do in our time on this planet, the bigger picture is the legacy that we can leave for the kingdom. That families and young kids and generations in the Ohio Valley are going to come to that facility because the Great Commission is going to be faithfully adhered to and the Word of God is going to be preached unashamedly and people are going to get saved and they're going to enjoy transformation. Why? Because we were faithful. I'm kind of the tip of the spear here. That's all we are. We're, we're, we're just the front edge. We're the front. And I, and I, and I joyfully embrace that. Uh, as we move forward, there were two images that, that came to mind. People sometimes say, what? you know, we're here, we're renting, we're fine, Right? Why, why do we need to buy a building? Why do we need to go to all that expense and effort? The truth is, we can meet at the park. We could. But the flip side is, buildings matter because people matter. Buildings matter because people matter. Within the context of a building, there's a lot that can happen. Like right now. Right? So we're not... We're not we're not replacing the importance of a building, the Word of God, with a building. No, we're not hanging our hat. This is not, and this is, this is a trap that some churches get caught into, the build it and they will come. Right? Let's build this mega sanctuary and then people are going to come because it's going to be state of the art. And a lot of churches have gone bankrupt because they did the let's spend $10 million on a facility and then we're going to double in size and the giving will double. No, that's not why we're doing this not why we're doing it. We're not doing it to be a status symbol. We're doing it because we believe it's part of God's plan in the fulfillment of our mission and purpose in the Great Commission. That's all. Buildings matter because people matter. Two pictures that we're going to see one in a little bit. In the front of the building is a cross. Right? Turn to 1 Corinthians 1. You can keep it there, Shai. 1 Corinthians 1. We are leaving the cross there very intentionally. The cross in front of the new church is a theological statement. Okay? If you're wondering, why do they have a cross there? Just to be cool? No. It's not to be cool and it's not to be trendy. There is a purpose for everything we do here. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You, you, you can keep reading that passage I gave you. But there's a reason the cross is there. For us, as believers, as followers of Jesus, the cross is a theological statement. Okay, it's intentionally there. We are people of the cross. We are followers of Jesus. In fact, in Mark 8, what does Jesus say? If you want to follow me, take up your cross. So that's another reason it's there. When you come, we want you 
to be reminded of Jesus' call to take up our cross in our sanctification, in our transformation. So there's a picture of the cross, and then turn to John 4, right? There's an image of the cross. And then in John 4, Jesus has a conversation with a Samaritan woman, right? John 4. John 4, 1. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go to Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Many of you are familiar. A Samaritan woman comes out, right, to Jacob's well. And Jesus has a conversation, right? Look at down to verse 13 and 14. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water, he's referring to the physical water, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water dwelling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Right? The well, in the context, the well in this time, the biblical context, the primary purpose was what? Water. Survival, right? The well, in the community sense, was vital because that's where the community gathered. That's where the community gathered. It was a meeting place. Sometimes negotiations were made around the well. But the well was a, a gathering place for the community. What I love is in this context, someone met Jesus at the well. Amen? In Genesis 16, you don't have to turn there, Hagar is met at the well by God. So the well isn't just a meeting place for people, right, in, in going to draw water. But in the Bible, significant spiritual things happen at the well. At the well. I share the cross and the well so that when you think of that property, you think of it in terms of how it's used by God. The statements it makes and the, and the purposes behind it. You guys understand what I'm saying? Right? Because you're going to start hearing and seeing something about Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. Now, over the last six years, people have called it Richie's Church. People have called it Fellowship. People have called it Christian Fellowship. People have called it OVCC. Um, <laughs> So, as we have been praying, we're like, Lord, give us a picture. Give us a word picture of, of what you want to do over there. What is the purpose of that? What is the name that, that will mean something to us and to the community about Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship? We're not changing the church name officially, but we're, also, we're, we're coming out with sort of our own nickname, our own, our own sort of sense of why we gather, okay, go ahead, it's called the well, so you're going to see that logo, and we're Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship worshiping at the well, the facility at the, as a whole is called the well, why, because we want the community to come and have living water, we want people to come all, every day of the week, 
and get the living water that Jesus talked about. And so you're going to see us talk about the well. Because that's our heart. We just want people to get that, that living water that they'll never thirst again. Wouldn't that be awesome? So you invite people to the well. Where's the well? Uh, that's, where we, that's where we worship. In all, in all the various ministries, right? Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So we're just going to be called the well. Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship worshiping at the well, right? Living water. Uh, if you've been out there, you know there was a sign, and we've been able to do, and we've been blessed with giftedness and blessed with some renderings. So I want to show you what the sign could look like right there. What do you notice about the sign? It says 10 a.m. Yes! So is it 10 a.m. Hallelujah! <laughs> Who said 10 a.m. first over there? Pat! Pat! It is just a rendering. It may not look like that in the end, but yes, we are going to go to 10 a.m. Why are we doing that? I told you, we always have a rhyme and a reason. One of the reasons, one of the big reasons we, we, we believe God is moving us to this type of facility is for the sake of young families. We know that 9 o'clock on a Sunday is still kind of tough for the young families. So our desire is that in moving it to 10, uh, it'll just be a little bit more um, convenient for the young ones to get up. Less of a feel like a school day for mom and dad who have to get everyone up and dressed. Convenient for the older ones, too, right here. Like, hey, man, I've been waiting for this. Right? <laughs> Those of you who hung in on Saturday nights are like, woo My goodness. So, uh, 10 to about 1130. Most of you don't leave till 1130 anyway now. Um, uh, but uh, we, don't, we won't have a picture of it. Uh, there is a wonderful patio, covered patio area, um, and into a big, big uh, backyard grass area where afterwards, from about 11.30 on, it's just going to be a great time of fellowship. There'll be a fellowship hall, and we're going to discuss that more at the annual meeting. But um, So, Sunday mornings, we are going to move to 10 o'clock, just for the sake of possibly getting more young families, just a little that hour difference, and the olders as well. The worship team is like, yeah, no more 7.30, right? Um, we were able to do a couple of renderings. Again, these are just big... Don't don't get hung up like oh that's just we just want to give you an idea of that the the process of getting where we are today and what you're going to hear next Saturday has been months already we we couldn't wait until now to start the ball has been moving for infrastructure wise there are certain things big vision picture wise that Bill has been absolutely phenomenal on and getting us and working diligently months and months already so kind of a rendering uh, the front. Uh, you'll, if you just, this is more just for the paint, okay? Just kind of a paint color. If you recognize what the paint was, um, we're going to clean up the landscape type things like that. The sanctuary. If you've not been in the sanctuary, okay, well then you won't be missing anything. Here's a rendering of our new sanctuary. So that that is what uh, the vision is in, in concept, and um, we're excited about it. Uh, one of the, the, the needs we, we foresee in part of the vision, these are um, just the individual chairs. We'd like to be able to use that as a multi-purpose room. If we ever had a big banquet, a big conference, we could put rounds and fill it with rounds. Uh, last 
Thanksgiving, we had like 70 plus people here for a Thanksgiving dinner and we had to use both sides of the fellowship hall. It would be phenomenal to be able to fit almost everybody in one big room together. So um, this is our sanctuary. This is what it looks like in concept form um, slash, uh, if needed, a multi-purpose room. Okay? So we're really excited about this. And, and uh, again, at the annual meeting, uh, Bill's going to be going into much more depth about um, the budget and, and the needs. And he'll talk about that in a few minutes. Okay? So, go ahead, Sean. So coming back to an aerial picture of the, the facility, you know, we see it as the well. We see it as, as ministering to us who are here, but also to those who aren't here yet. To those who aren't here. If you've recently joined us or you weren't here at Cindy's or you weren't here on Saturday night, uh, you were prayed for. You weren't even here yet. You were prayed for. And you came in God's timing and in God's way. You know, Bill always says, no, we're just going to be faithful. We're just faithful day, one day at a time. We're faithful week in and week out. And you came in your time and in your way, in God's way. So, so we're just going to keep being faithful to those who aren't there yet or aren't here yet. But by faith, we believe as we're faithful to God's Word and His vision. Uh, you know, Tyler, like you said, he was at Miramani and there were hundreds of people there and a whole bunch of little kids. So there is no lack in this valley for young families. Uh, and we're excited about that. So Tyler's going to come up and share a bit about the youth and family ministry that's going to be launched. has launched, but will continue to grow. Oh, yeah, there is actually a, uh, an actual well on the property. Yes. Uh, not functioning at this time, but could be. Um, but there is an actual well that is tied into the irrigation system, right? Yes. So, I don't know. so yeah. There's so there is, there, the there is a well at the well. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Richie. Um, so, as you guys know, God has put on my heart and has revealed for me to be family pastor of this, this congregation, and also what to include youth. So just recently, we've had our one-year anniversary of the huddle. For you guys that don't know what the huddle is, it's our youth group. That's what we mean. And we huddle for Jesus. And what that includes is, I want to bring up, um, put up a slide, what we do, and I want to bring up our leaders. Oh, sorry, I'm not using a microphone because I'm so booming anyway. Um, can I bring up my leaders? Yeah, that means Garrett. <laughs> yeah. Tiara. Vinny. I'm not going to forget Kathy. Everyone's pointing at Kathy. <laughs> and Shiloh. You can come up here. <laughs> So we huddle every week for Jesus. And what does this look like? We want to glorify God, but we also do, we're playing games, as you can see up here. We like to have fun. We play games. We also worship. We have our worship band, which consists of Shiloh, Tierra, Vinny, and Garrett. Um, luckily, I don't do any of that. And then what else do we do? We dive into the Word. We dive into this, because we, we believe that this is the truth. This is God's Word. God breathes. So we dive into this every week. And it's just a great opportunity for us to make disciples, because that's on our heart, is to make disciples of the students that are coming. And which in return, um, it's 
I mean, it's just a great opportunity for all of us because we all have the same heart for Jesus. And what do we do for heart for Jesus, Garrett? Is it time? <laughs> so we start that with the youth, which is awesome. The first time I did it, I thought I was having a heart attack, but <laughs> Garrett, it was great. So, and our, also our, our vision, too, is to reach out to the families in this, in this valley, in which I saw the, last Friday at Miramani. There are so many unchurched families, and we, we want to reach out to all the families in return. What does that mean? We need more of this. So we're going to need more of this because, I mean, if our youth group grows, if God calls us that that's what's going to happen, we're going to need the body to get involved. So as of right now, we just want you to continue to pray, and we're having a great, great time on Tuesday nights, fellowshipping, worshiping, and the new facility, the well, is just going to be a great place. I mean, I ride my bike by there all the time and just ride through the parking lot and just see what God is going to do for us at that facility. So it's, it's a real blessing. So just continue to pray for the youth and also under family ministries too. It goes all the way down to the little ones where um, Tina's in charge of it and then Michelle's coming alongside of her. So it's just another great thing to keep praying for. So that's the family ministry. Great. All right, Chai, you can go to the, uh, back to the aerial, the next one. I'm going to have Bill come up. Um, Bill is running point with the renovation and the move-in schedule. He's working with contractors and has been doing it uh, a phenomenal job for weeks and months already. And I just wanted him to share with you kind of a big picture of the stewardship issues um, for that new facility. And this one. And us. You see, we are stewards of everything that God has provided. And I'm reminded in, in Scripture that stewardship started in the garden. God gave Adam the garden to steward over what God had created. And, and, I, and I love that. Um, he talks about stewardship even in Leviticus in terms of how we're to deal with everything that He has provided for us, which is everything. And that we're supposed to be responsible for giving of the first fruits. God first. God first. Um, He tells us that we should be giving to Him from everything that we produce in stewardship. And in Luke, it tells us that we're just to be faithful, even with the little things. And so even though this facility might be a big thing for us, and kind of the 20,000-foot view here is you know that there was an anonymous donor that gave a grant that, that paid for this building. And so, so God owns this building free and clear. It has our name on the title, but it's His. And in churches, it's common for people to have thermometers and ask for money. And yet, none of that had to happen here. God just provided. It's a remarkable thing, really, when you think about it. It's a miraculous thing when you think about it. In terms of our opportunity now to steward what God has given us. It's amazing. So, the well at the well. 
There's a well at the well. And there's going to be real water at the well. And there's going to be living water at the well, as Richie said. That's an amazing thought to ponder. The well at the well. And we have to steward this well now. It's been given to us to steward. And what does that mean? And we're going to talk about this more at our annual family church gathering on the 5th of November. I encourage you to come. Well, we're going to talk about it in detail, but what it means is that necessarily what we have is an opportunity. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but at the well, there are going to be things like utilities and property taxes <laughs> that we don't experience here because of the grace that is extended to us by the Wesleyans, we pay a very modest amount of rent. They've been so gracious to us for all these years. And so we put a budget together. That's what Richie and Tyler tell me I'm supposed to do. So that's what I've done. And we put a budget together. And um, being the analytical that I am, we have crunched all the numbers. We're going to share these numbers. And we, we are blessed that we are trending as a church family in giving with almost enough support to cover the cost going forward. Almost. But we're going to talk about that in some detail at the family meeting. Because that's what stewardship is. Stewardship is the opportunity to provide for the ongoing costs. And that's the dirty little secret in church. Nobody wants to talk about money. But it's not bad. Money's not a bad thing. In fact, the Bible has a lot to say about money. In fact, the Bible has a lot to say about stewardship. In fact, this has been a very generous body. And we've never lacked for one dollar to do anything that God has asked us to do for seven years. Not a penny have we ever had to ask for. God has just provided. And I think that what's happened because of that stewardship of of just being faithful and obedient for seven years in his church. He did that. Mm -hmm. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. He said, go there. Here's here. Go there. Now steward this. Mm -hmm. Now steward this. Dude, I'm excited. (laughs) 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 It's really a cool thing. Um, And so I just wanted to share with you that as we think about the things that are going to change, really not much is going to change. We're just going to pull into a different parking lot, that's all. Mm-hmm. We're going to go someplace mm-hmm. that God has provided. And then we're going to do ministry in that place because we're going to be faithful and obedient to what He's called us to do. And He's provided the resources to already pay for it. And we already have, we have money in the bank. We have a, we have a, a relatively large savings account. awfully quiet. We have a relatively large savings account (laughs) that God has provided. And so we're able to move in and do four months of reconstruction. He thinks it's going to be three, but not a chance. (laughs) As we put all of the necessary accoutrement into this building, which, which means things like, you may have heard that it doesn't have air conditioning. (laughs) Yeah. 
But we're meeting with the engineering firm and the design build firm that we've hired to put brand new air conditioning and heating system in the entire building. And we'll be doing brand new almost everything in that building. And can I share what the budget is for that at this point? You don't care, do you? One of the things I love about this man is, is that his heart is for ministry, and he sees that as a tool for ministry. And he says, if God provides, let's just go. That's his heart. And so what we have is, is as you know, uh, God provided a, a, a million-dollar grant to buy that building, and the building is $800,000, which means that after closing costs, we have $190,000 left in the bank right now to start the remediation activity, but we have a budget of 450 to do what needs to be done. <laughs> but we're going to talk more about that in terms of even God's provision for the necessary money that it's going to take to put that building together. There's a lot of deferred maintenance there. And I'm just excited. And I'm grateful. And I'm even a little tired. We haven't started yet. <laughs> There's a lot of work. Richie's going to talk a little bit about what that looks like going forward. So there's a now what, family. Because <laughs> this is a family. There's a now what. So let's start with the now what. Thank you, Bill. Deep breath. Yeah, we are we are enthused. We are. Um, I can't even express uh, what you have done, and and you're listening to the Lord, and um, you're serving, you're giving, which I believe, as He said, um, God providing that is really the testimony. You know that in many ways He can trust us. We've been faithful in the little, now be faithful in the much. And, and so we're, we're enthused. We're enthused. Um, we're going to pass these out really quick. We're going to do a what do I do now? Because I know you're excited and you want to, you know, what do we do? What do we do? Um, so very quickly, we're going to hand these out so we can walk through it together. If you have your Bibles, turn to Nehemiah. Old Testament, Ezra, Nehemiah, it's after... Chronicles and Kings and Samuels, Nehemiah. Nehemiah had a vision. He had heard that the walls of Jerusalem were broken down and he got this vision. He was heartbroken. He was burdened. So he got a vision that the walls should be rebuilt. And he shared the vision with the king. And you know what happened? The king provided he said, I'm going to give you safe passage and then I'm going to tell the, the guy in charge of the forest to give you all the wood you need. And I was reading Nehemiah kind of in a devotional sense and, and there's some, there's some part, parts of Nehemiah. I encourage you to read it, uh, first seven chapters really, that just spoke to me about where we are because we have a vision and God has provided in Nehemiah 2.17, right? What's the first thing you can do? Praise God. Right? Look at Nehemiah 2.17. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God upon me and what the king had said to me. Right? So he says, The vision, and I'm giving praise to this gracious God. 
So that's what we can do. That's what we can do is praise God. Continue to pray, right? If you read Nehemiah, the enemies of the Israelites were not happy campers. As soon as they found out that the wall was being rebuilt, what did they do? Ridicule, threaten, try to intimidate, right? You got to pray, guys. As much as you're excited about the building, it's a spiritual thing. And Bill talked about the armor of God and spiritual warfare. Yeah, I got to believe the enemy is not happy. The, the enemy would have been much happier if that laid vacant for the next 10, 20 years. The fact that we have a vision and a purpose and we're enthused and the work has already started, I, we need you to pray. We need you to pray because we are in a warfare. We really are. Not only did he face external resistance, crazy thing is, in Nehemiah 5, you know what happened? The Jews return, they start rebuilding the walls, and suddenly there's a shortage of food. Some of the Jews start taking advantage of the other Jews. Hey, dude, I'll loan you money to go buy food, but here's the interest. It's called usury. So these Jews started taking advantage of their brothers and sister Jews, in the context of rebuilding the wall. What is that all about? The internal conflict that Nehemiah had dealt with was when the focus turned to self. What's in this for me? What can I get out of it? What, what, what is my agenda? And that's why I spent almost 40 minutes about the Great Commission, God's going, because there's only one agenda at the well, God's agenda. And when we go there, if we stay focused on His agenda... Right? What's amazing, if you read Nehemiah 3, it's the, probably one of the most boring chapters. Because it says, so-and-so built this gate. And so-and-so built next to them. And so-and-so built next to them. And so the entire chapter is, who built this little section of the wall? That's Nehemiah 3. What's the point? Every part of the wall was important. Everyone had a part to play. Every gate was important. Every strip between every gate of the wall was important. You understand what I'm saying? So read Nehemiah 3. You'll probably be bored, but you'll go like, oh yeah, that's, that's right. I just need to put my gloves on and just say, where do, we, where do you want me, Bill and Tyler? What part of the gate do I build? That, 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 that's the heart. That's the heart that keeps us on track. Okay, next one. A word, if you've been with us, you know other ones you don't. Covenant. In Nehemiah 7, they take a census. And there's about 50,000. But reading Nehemiah 7, there's a census, so they want to see who all is with them. Who came? You're going to hear more about this next week. Covenant at Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. We have what's called covenant. Some churches call it membership. We choose not to call it membership because membership sounds like Costco and LA Fitness. Okay? We like to say covenant, which means are you being called by God to Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship as your church home. If you are, we would like to enter into covenant with you. It's a, it's a relationship. In First Peter, we're called to shepherd the flock of God under our care. Covenant is an identifier for us to know who's under our care. Okay? We did this, and many of you came through covenant when we first started, and then we poured into you, and four or five years later, look where you are. Right? Covenant it just helps define roles and relationships. It's kind of like dating. 
right? Kind of like you, you like me. What are we? Right? That dating thing. And you're like, are we serious? Are we dating? Where are we? Right? And I get that in church. I understand that dynamic. But at a certain point, covenant brings clarity to that. Covenant brings clarity. God is calling us to Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship as our church home. Okay, good. That, that clarifies it for us as leadership. Clarifies it, clarifies it for you in roles and responsibilities and stewardship. Okay? So over the next, the last quarter of this year, we're going to present an opportunity for you to, if God calls you, to be in covenant with us. What does that mean? We'll probably have a class. And then what we like to do, everyone who's expressed interest, we just come visit with you and chat in your house. How you doing? What's going on? We want to get to know you, right? Remember that, Kathy? Yeah, we showed up at Kathy's house five years ago, right? Excuse me? Right? And it was so cute. She's like, can I share what you told us? She's, we went to her house, and I didn't really even know you other than, right, just kind of here. We go, and it's wonderful. And she goes, you know what? I've never had two church leaders in my living room before. <laughs> it was like, it was strange, right? Because we weren't there because there wasn't a crisis and there wasn't a problem and there wasn't, it was, no, we just want to get to know you. Can we come over and just chat and say hi and get to know you? So in the covenant process, it's you get to know us, we get to know you, we define the relationship, and then we move forward together in serving. Amen? So over the last quarter of of this year, you're going to have an opportunity to come into covenant uh, with Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship. Okay? If you're already in covenant, I encourage you, it's a new time. It's a new season. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. If you're already serving and giving faithfully, that's awesome. Just keep on keeping on. Even for Nadine and I, you know, this whole new building and this whole new vision, I sat back and even for, for us too, I said, honey, you know, maybe we just need to spend some time and reassess our own, what we do giving-wise, serving-wise, all that kind of stuff. We just want to start fresh with the new needs and the new new season of the church. This is what we've been doing. So let's just seek the Lord fresh. That's what we're doing. Okay? So, I just encourage you. If you're already in, it might just be a wonderful season to say, hey Lord, just checking in. You know, do a little check-in. Um, and then finally, the one that many of you have been waiting for. I don't know if it's the work day or the food part, but anyway, um, next Saturday, we invite you to the well if you can fight through Ojai Day traffic. 8 o'clock to 12. Uh, we're going to provide lunch if you want to bring a dish or a snack. You're more than welcome to. We'll have waters and all that. Work gloves, probably, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
Candy's there. Yes, and um, just speaking on, on behalf of the guys, because I know that just lit your fire <laughs> to be boxing stuff up. You're like, really? No, um, just so you know, the church right now is filled with pews, and we are going to be moving the pews out, like we said, for the multi-purpose room coming in. Um, we're having two large store uh, shipping containers delivered this week where everything is going to go into two large shipping containers. So, gentlemen, we would need your help to move the pews out. Um, and I guess we can do the plug now for the free pews. Uh, the pews are available. I mean, you can repurpose them. You can go on Google. There's some pretty cool uses for pews. Uh, they're about 10, 10 and a half feet long. Um, my sister already claimed three from San Diego. Um, you can come look at them. Some people say you can cut them and recap them. So there's, if you're wood, good with wood and all this, um, kind of a first come, first serve type of thing. On Saturday, don't be hitting us up. Can I get in tomorrow? Like, uh, give me a key. Um, but if you feel the need to have a pew in your house, the pews are available. It would help us. Otherwise, um, it's just an interesting thing we've learned. Pews are not easy to give away. Certain pews. Um, there's just, there's just. Uh, we have been blessed by the Lutherans. The, uh, what they left is is a tremendous blessing. You'll see if you show up, man. It's like it's almost turnkey with the amount of children's stuff and kitchen supplies. It's, it's, it's incredible. They, they, they made it available, just so you know, they made it available to all the Lutherans around. Um, and whatever the other Lutheran churches didn't want, they just said, you can have. So, yeah, absolutely a blessing. So God is just providing. Yes, box. How many boxes did you buy yesterday, Tyler? A hundred. And so cleaning out the kitchen uh, cabinets, cleaning out the, the children's rooms, the, the covered patio is filled with the outdoor equipment from the preschool that used to be there, so all that patio and stuff needs to go away, and the pews. So about a morning's worth of work and just really fellowship. I want to share this story. I said, recently there appeared a front page article in the New York Times about the United States Army building a well as part of a civil reconstruction project in northern Iraq. A villager viewing the reconstruction said, quote, it makes people think good things are on the way. See, I, I just want people to believe that good things are on the way at 1290 East Grand. Good things are on the way. It's a well going in. There's a well going in. That's a good thing, right? You know, we just want, we just want people... It's a positive, it's a wonderful thing. Good things are on the way. Amen. And the joyful part is we get to enjoy it all together.